This is Leisha Holmes of Key Recruitment, and I'm thrilled to be joined today on our channels, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and over on YouTube, a guest who is going to teach us an awful lot about something that is a topic I think we'll all be very familiar with by now. So first of all, I'd like to welcome Paul Lloyd, who is the Group Sales Director of Bruxelles. Hello to you today, Paul. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks very much for having me on the podcast today as well. You're very welcome. So before we launch into IR35, can you give us an overview of what Bruxelles actually do as a business and what your role is, please? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I look after the, the sales teams within Bruxton and, and help recruitment agencies and guide them through changes in legislation that affect the flexible workforce. So Bruxton as a group now have been operating in this sector for over 25 years. We provide a range of services to contractors, recruitment agencies and end clients that use contractors. And um, we're all focused around that flexible workforce supply chain. So we offer umbrella, sole trader and accountancy solutions for contractors. Um, lots of advice, guidance and support for recruitment agencies and also legal services to the contractor and, and hire relating to IR35. Which is, of course, a very nice way to introduce the topic for today. So I think that for anyone who is not um, engaged in some sort of freelance or contractor recruitment, IR35 might be something that we've kind of all parked to one side. But as we sort of transcend into a more flexible workforce, I think it's going to be something that all recruiters should become familiar with. So for those of us who maybe aren't as familiar, what exactly is IR35, first of all? Yeah, so IR35, I suppose it's, it's not something that's new. It's actually been around now for, for over 20 years. So it was first brought in in 2000, and it's a piece of legislation that HMRC brought in to identify what they class as disguised employees. So, so the essence of that is someone that's working for a business as a contractor, doing the identical job for someone that's a full-time equivalent. So what they're saying there is that they're taxing themselves inappropriately. Um, HMRC mm -hmm. there are missing out on the tax from employers and I employees NI and PAYE tax where they may be receiving a lower level of things like corporation tax from the personal service company or limited company. So they brought the legislation in back in 2000 to try and identify disguised employees and since then there has been a huge growth in contractors over that time. There's now estimated to be over 5 million contractors, Gosh. freelancers, self-employed professionals and um, everyone calls themselves something slightly different um, <laughs> but yeah the flexible workforce is now known to be over 5 million. And in terms of personal service companies or limited company contractors, it, it, the estimates are anywhere between three quarters of a million and one and a half million. There's a huge amount of limited yeah. company contractors in the marketplace because it's a flexible and tax efficient way to, to structure your income. Of course it is. And, and HMRC have been inherently poor at enforcing IR35. The, 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 the tests for IR35 are, are quite subjective. Um, they're certainly very grey, they're not black and white. Um, and for HMRC to win a case, they have to go through an awful lot of due diligence on the contractor, on their working practices, and normally take them to a tribunal to prove that they've been taxing themselves inappropriately. And that effectively they've been an employee of a business rather than a freelancer. Absolutely. And should have been paying PAYE and national insurance contributions over that period. So mm. the, the, the fines and, and tax bill from that can be substantial, as you can imagine. The, mm. the, the PAYE tax, national insurance, and employers, national insurance contributions is a, is a lot, especially as HMRC can look up to six years in terms of those tax affairs. Gosh. So that can, that can be an extremely large bill that a contractor can face if they get this wrong. And given given the uh, obviously the HMRC are going to be looking for additional ways to bring revenue in now with the cost mm. of everything, which I know we're going to talk about in, in more detail. I can see why this is yeah. now a very sort of big focus for them. So just in terms of timeline, we're, we're recording this mid November 2020. So if anyone's tuning in at a later date, when is IR35? I mean, what's the we've got a deadline due? So just talk a little bit around the timescale of this. 
Yeah, we have. So the, obviously the, the IR35 as a piece of legislation has been in existence now since 2000, but HMRC are making changes to the person that, or the entity that is responsible for making the assessment. Okay. <clears throat> Currently, it's the contractor that is responsible and liable if they get it wrong. So they have to make the determination or, or engage the third party to do that. Okay. And if they get that wrong, they're liable for the unpaid tax and national insurance. As of the 6th of April for 2021, it will be the end client or the, the company that's engaging with that PSC that's receiving their services that will be responsible for making the assessment at that point. Right. Okay. So <clears throat> this change happened in 2017 for public sector organisations. So yep. for the last three and a bit years, NHS Trust, government bodies have all been making these assessments um, mm -hmm. and determining whether their contractors are inside or outside. So outside they can continue to be paid gross, inside they need to have PAY tax, national okay. insurance deducted. Right. So the, the legislation is due to be amended as of the 6th of April next year now. Okay, and it got delayed, obviously, with COVID starting in March. It got pushed back effectively. Yeah. And it, what, what, I mean, I don't know if you have a prediction, but I know we talked offline about it. Is this definitely going to happen now? Yes, I firmly believe so, yeah. So the, the delay happened very late on. So the, the mm -hmm. legislation um, had been announced um, at the back end of 2019 and was due to come into effect on the 6th of April 2020. Yeah. Um, that got delayed at the end of March due to the current pandemic. And I think because, yeah, most businesses were, were in the middle of the pandemic and, mm. and couldn't deal with this at that point. Yeah. HMRC said they'd delay it by 12 months. And, and from recent feedback from HMRC and the fact that the legislation now has been passed into law, um, it, is, right. it is very likely that it will happen in on the 6th of April next okay. year. Um, for that not to happen, they would have to pass new legislation or they would have to release a finance bill or do a budget, which I don't think any of those are planned. Certainly budget isn't because it got cancelled this year. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so as far as anyone's concerned that's watching this where you're thinking, right, I need to make sure I've got the changes in place, then yeah. you, you need to take note kind of thing. So what exactly, in term, in, you've talked about it happening in public sector three and a half years ago. Will anything change with regards to private sector or will the changes be the same? So it's effectively down to the employer now. What about recruitment agencies as the third party? Do they have any li liability or responsibility? They do, yeah. And that was the reason okay. I was obviously keen to come onto the podcast with you and, and educate the, educate the, I suppose, the wider recruitment community mm. is that the, the legislation is slightly different from what was introduced in the public sector. HMRC okay. have, have tried to make changes, I think, <clears throat> and improve that, sorry. <clears throat> And they tried to make some improvements over the, the last few years in terms right. of the amendments to the legislation to make it easier for companies to comply. Um, and the, another key difference is that if you're a small entity, as in the client is a small company, then they would not be responsible for making the assessment. But I think less than 1% of all contractors work for small entities. So it is, it is 99 point something percent of contractors that work for medium and large entities. So the, the way that the legislation is structured is that the client or the, 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 recru the recruitment company's client is responsible for making the determination for the purposes of IR35. So they have to decide whether the contractor is inside or outside. Okay. They also have to take what's called reasonable care within that determination and HMRC have released some guidance on what is constituting reasonable care. So they need to make sure they, they don't just say, yeah, everyone's outside or everyone's mm. inside. They've got to do a proper due diligence process. Mm -hmm. They can't just make a almost blanket decision based on that. There is then within the legislation, the liability sits with what is known as the fee payer. And the fee payer is the intermediary or entity, business entity that is closest to the limited company, normally the recruitment agency. Mm. So when you think of a traditional supply chain, ABC, you engage with 
ABD recruitment and ask for yeah. a contractor. Yeah. The client ABC will be responsible for making that assessment where ABD recruitment will be the ones that would be liable if that decision was wrong. Right. So it feels a little unfair, especially from a recruitment agency mm. point of view, in terms of that the client is making the decision and the agency could be liable. Of course. But the reason that reasonable care bit is in there is to protect the recruitment agency, because if the client hasn't taken reasonable care and HMRC investigate, then the liability does pass back up it to passes the client back. at that point. Yeah. It does if they haven't taken reasonable care, yeah. So there are situations where the agency could be liable um, and, the, and the client's taken reasonable care. I think that's unlikely, um, but in, in reading the legislation, that is certainly possible. So what can recruiters do to ensure that that's, that part's protected? Because you, you are giving that level of accountability to your clients, the level of trust and communication. But, you know, what can recruiters do to ensure that that happens? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the main things is that I try and there's changes in legislation in this sector pretty much every year. Over the last, I've worked in this sector now for over six years and pretty much every year I've worked in it, there's been a new piece of legislation to get mm. used to and, and to deal with. Recruitment agencies are, are brilliantly resilient um, and find ways to grow year on year and the recruitment sector gets bigger and bigger year on year. But I think this is just another opportunity for the, for the best in breed recruitment agencies to continue to grow and to use this as an opportunity to get closer than ever to your client. Mm. So where your client is unsure how, how what IR35 is, if they're unsure how they should be doing the assessments or in fact that they even know that they've got to do this. We still yeah. come across people that don't understand they have to and they think it's the contractor or the recruitment agency's right. responsibility. Yeah. So first is for the agencies to re- educate their clients about yeah. IR35, even if it's just a, a bit of a snippet around what are you doing, where are you up to, have you started the process, who's leading your project. They're the simple questions that they could be asking. And from there, they'll be able to ascertain whether the client has started that project or whether there's an opportunity for the agency to add some value and actually become a trusted partner in terms of advising them on this. We work with hundreds and thousands of agencies across the UK, giving them advice and guidance on IR35 and, and happy to help any recruitment agency that needs advice on this. And also if they need help advising and educating their clients on this as well. Um, yeah because they're not tax specialists we're recruiters aren't we <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah yeah and that's the I suppose that is the big thing isn't it the, the clients mm. never had to deal with this before no. and probably didn't hear of IR35 until about 18 months two years ago yeah. when these changes were being discussed absolutely recruitment agencies have never had to deal with it so they're not experts in that so mm. yeah best advice would be to go and find a, a trusted partner that you can take with definitely. you to give you some advice and education on, on the subject yeah definitely because now that we know it's not going anywhere it's actually a good way to it's, it's almost a selling point to show that you are an expert by using a, a, a third party like yourself absolutely is, yeah. um so i'm always looking for the advantage i'm always looking for the opportunity so how can il35 actually be a benefit to recruiters and how can they yeah. then use that to their advantage yeah, this is something that I think is really key to recruitment agents. I think that understanding the, the legislation to a, a good enough level to be able to talk to your clients gives you a mm. one a way to open doors for, for new prospects. So, yep, <clears throat> recruitment agencies are serial sales specialists, aren't they? Is that they're continually selling, whether that's they're attracting mm. new candidates or whether yeah. they're opening up new doors to new clients. Yeah, This is something that can be a great door opener for new clients. So if you're talking to someone that you've been talking to for years, they've got a PSL of agencies and they're not looking to change it. How are you going to make them change that? So mm-hmm. the real key way is how can you add more value? How can you help them over and above what their other recruitment supply chain can do? And this can be one of those key things. So I always say to agencies, when you your BD teams on the phone and they're speaking to new clients or they're speaking to prospects, 
ask them what they're doing about IL35, ask them how their agencies are helping them. Because if yeah. they're not, it's something that you can bring to the table that no one else can, that still reads fine to them and gives you a foot in that door to really open up some new prospects for you. Yeah. And actually, if you think about it, if this had come into place this year, in, in April this year, which it was supposed to, no one would have gone through the last eight, nine months of, you know, realising that to make yourself stand out as a recruitment company, no matter what your sector, is actually by adding value. And that's where this intrinsic value now can be that knowledge base of what what can we do to ensure that you are operating effectively within IR35 and that you're, you're not yeah. going to lose those contractors and we're not going to lose the GP from it. And, and yeah. the recruiter's not going to lose their commission. And, and in terms of, I, mean, I, I said this to you off air, you know, I'm a perm recruiter. I've never needed to do contract recruitment. Do you think there is an opportunity for perm recruiters to, you know, regardless of sector, to use this time now to plan how they can incorporate co- uh, contract recruitment into their business model? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the, the opportunity to work with more clients is, is definitely mm. there in terms of opening the door where you, you might not have worked with them previously. Yeah. The, the highlight on, or the, 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 the light is being shone on, on that recruitment supply chain in terms of a compliance angle. So it's more mm. important than ever that clients and agencies are working together. Um, yeah. One of the things we find quite regularly when we're talking to end hirers or clients that use contractors is that I'm always astounded by how many direct contractors they have. Right. So I'm sure every recruitment agency in the country will be thinking any, any client that's got direct hires that aren't through an agency, that, that's missed revenue. For of course them, it is. They're, they're not getting a fee. Again, IR35 can be used as a tool to be able to move them across yeah. because the, when we talked around before, the client has the responsibility and the fee payer has the liability. Mm. If you're able to go to your client and say, well, put your contractors through me, we'll engage you with an IR35 specialist to get the reviews done and you've moved that liability away from your business. It's a great way to Ooh, be able to yeah. outsource the problem for them and remove the issue of trying to, trying to deal with those contractors that are possibly inside, possibly outside. Um, and I think that the last point on that is that when I talk to, uh, again, clients that are using contractors, they all pay their personal service companies, their direct contractors through their invoicing system. So their PO okay. and billing system, yep. they don't pay them through payroll. They, they would never need to do that. And they can't mm. do that. If these contractors are inside, they, they don't want to put them onto their, their own contracts. They don't want to put them onto their own system. So a recruitment agency, again, saying we can outsource all that for you. Absolutely. If the contractor leaves, we can find you a replacement. We can payroll them. We make sure that all the, compliance checks are done it almost outsources all of that problem just about to say it's an exact outsource model isn't it and that's definitely a topic for another day we're we're, uh, yeah we're we're, i'm really i'm really interested in everything that you've had to say i think it there's going to be a lot of people thinking right let's make sure we've done our analysis now to check that we can take advantage of it and it's actually not something to be scared of you've really educated me today paul that's been absolutely brilliant and obviously when when we share this we'll make sure it's uh, shared with all the links for your social media so if people have got any questions directly they can come and ask you because you're clearly the experts in this (laughs) yeah happy to help oh thank you it's been really enjoyable talking to you today thank you so much for joining me i'm really grateful brilliant thank you very much thank you